You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to pitch battle research. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is the day that won the battle. Well, good luck! Target is in, target is Never miss communication. My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. And welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd to Know Basis Show, airing on Phoenix 92.5 FM and all those wonderful places on the internet like Spotify. I am Kian, and with me is a full compliment. Let's see if you can get this right in alphabetical order. Go. Ahoy, it's Thar. Ahoy, it's Kev. As Manica Blue. Oh! We did it! it. Yeah. Gold star. Closing down. Took us like nearly 200 shows, but we did it. (laughs) Gold star for everyone. (laughs) <laughs> I was a bit worried when we were heading towards the K's, but you're right, Mannequin Blue is the way to go. Mm. <laughs> it's just easier that way. Yeah, 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 of course. Uh, we have quite a lot to cover because someone is back from their adventures, which yeah. we'll cover in due course. But we actually haven't covered Dublin Comic Con since it went out, which is about two weeks ago at the time of recording. So, uh, Kev and Katie, or Mannequin Blue, or whatever, uh, you weren't at DCC this year. How come you guys didn't make it? Work, 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 work. Poor, 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 poor. <laughs> <laughs> the penguins were busy. I mean, is yeah. it fair if I say I was working, but I am also poor? Well, welcome to the vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. That's two good reasons, really. Yeah. Uh, I think also, like, it did sell out fairly swiftly. That is yeah. a good point. Yeah, actually, we covered this sort of on the pre-Dublin Comic Con episode. But yeah, because the stars of Terminator were all there. And the wasn't time. it wasn't it like the 10-year anniversary or something? It was that too. That's why they had the stars of Terminator, I believe. Mm. Uh, because of that, there were a lot of uh, early tickets sold from overseas, from people who were traveling over just to see them. And all that kind of stuff. I believe Linda Hamilton doesn't do conventions very often. Uh, so, yeah, this one sold out very, very early. But myself and Dara were at it. Dara, what was your experience of it this year? Yeah, it was grand. <laughs> all right, that's the show, everyone. That's Tune the Comic Con segment, Don. <laughs> right, next topic. I mean, like more three word efficient co- convention reviews. <laughs> <laughs> No, but okay, all right, all right. But you were there on the Sunday, right? No. <laughs> you were there on the Saturday. I think I was there on no, wait, was it? No, I was there on a Saturday. I was sorry. It it it's still a blur. It was literally the day before I flew to America. So that is true. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't really recall that much, but um 
yeah i was there on the saturday and yeah it was it was grand you know it was it was less and more than than i normally expected it to be because obviously the stars couldn't talk about anything because they're on strike um so that was fun but um i mean the the pokemon panel which we do have going up on the feed soon was very very fun and i mean what was cool about panel was all about pokemon I I know, but more specifically. Yeah, so the voice of uh, Ash Ketchum was there. Ah, yes, yes, of course. I didn't. I missed that one, unfortunately. It was very good. Well, well, if you missed it, ladies and gentlemen, listening to the the podcast, it's going to be up on the feed soon. Um, uh, so there you go. Uh, like it was cool. It was like the first Comic Con in a long time. Like I've made this joke loads of times where it's like Veronica you know, Taylor, isn't it? It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also the the Halo panel was pretty good as well with the voice of Master Chief. Uh, I I was at that one, yes. You were for like five minutes. I, I waved at no, sorry, it wasn't five minutes. For like thirty seconds, I waved at you, and you totally missed me. To be fair, I I mean this you, is you, the visual medium, but <laughs> I was dressed as Bowser. You were, was, you were, you were struggling. It was very difficult. Um, my four-year-old was my seeing eye dog. <laughs> Thirty-foot radius of cosplay arrangement. That's true. <laughs> But, but, it, would, it would have been a great social distancing costume because I have a mask on and no one can get near me because of the spikes. Amazing, but what I'm saying is, uh, yeah. So it was, it was, it was good in that way. Like I, I really appreciated that it wasn't just TVs and and movies that kind of stuff. It was actually like a bit more well thought out. And look, full credit to to the folks over in Geek Island and um, basically the, the whole uh, staff behind the the tech staff behind the Comic Con. It looked great. It was brilliant. Like the actual audiovisual side of it was fantastic. It ran perfectly on time. The panels were always great. It was just, it was a weird one because, um, you know, it it felt completely different than all the other Comic Cons that we've been to. Uh, and it was grand. You know, it's always a good time. Like it, it wasn't consistently bad. It wasn't like the best one, but it also wasn't uh, a disaster like it potentially could have been with the fact nobody could talk about anything. So, yeah, well, actually, I'm glad you brought that up. I'll go into more of my personal experiences in a minute. But like you were there on the Saturday and I'm a bit gutted you weren't there on the Sunday because the Saturday, I thought the what they're allowed to talk about didn't influence the panels as much. I right. was at um, the Halo one because right. we wanted because Prim wanted to see Princess Peach. And by the way, uh, she was a dote. She I'm not sure if you caught it, Dara, but she actually like gave like my daughter a message in the voice on stage. That's unreal. No, I didn't. Which was uh, I I plan to make it into my ringtone. It's very nice. But anyway, they were allowed to talk about Halo in that panel. Uh, we came back later for James Marsters Spike. Uh, he was allowed to talk about all the things he was in, like Buffy, Smallville, uh, all that jazz. So it didn't feel like there were many restrictions on the Saturday. The Sunday was a completely different ball game. Before I get to that, like what were like, what were people not allowed to talk about in your experience on the Saturday then? Or like, what was your experience like of noticing that? I mean, well, basically um, the actual like main panels with the actors and mm. they didn't talk about anything. But like I was at the Halo panel, they were allowed. Yeah, to talk no, no, about no, no. But Halo is uh, video games and comics and stuff like that. It didn't affect that. Same in anime. It just right. seems to be specifically with the movie. With film, yeah, yeah. film, and um, also with TV shows. It's, it's, is it the 
the Screen Actors Guild or something is yeah. on it's something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So U.S. U.S. Screen Actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would, so you wouldn't have noticed it at all. Um, like again, and I, I only noticed it because it was I was aware of it, but um, there was it, it still made up for it. He still had enough, uh, and I think that's one main takeaway from here. And it, it's you know credit to DCC again. They always managed to run a great show. But the key takeaway here, I think, for anyone running anything like this, um, have contingencies, you know, like have game people there, have anime people there, because if something like this happens, you're kind of screwed, you know. That's just it. Well, that's why I kind of wanted to ask you about that because the two panels I was at on uh Saturday were I missed Veronica Taylor, unfortunately. We were at the Halo one and we were at uh, James Mars from Buffy and they were allowed to talk about everything they were in seemingly without restrictions. I think Marsters even talked about the Dragon Ball Z movie, even though he's not supposed to like that kind of stuff. It seemed fine. Sunday was a completely different ball game because we saw Christina Chong from uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds and then the Terminator panel and uh, God bless everyone involved, but poor Christina Chong couldn't talk about Star Trek. And thankfully, she had just dropped an album. So they just made it about the album. Uh, but oh my God, the three, I felt so bad for poor Olivia interviewing the three Terminator actors because they, were they weren't allowed to talk about any films, Terminator or Aliens. They were just allowed to talk about their careers before that. And like, she told me like kind of after the fact, it's like she's like, went out there and went, what's your favorite kind of biscuit? And one of them went, what's a biscuit? And I went, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> like it was, I didn't stay for the whole thing, but it was like, uh, you could definitely feel the strain of the regulations most on the Terminator panel because they all come there to talk about Terminator and everyone was doing the best they could. And uh, I think it's Michael Bine. He was trying to express that his favorite filming experience was actually Aliens. So near the end, because I was waiting to do the costume competition, near the end, he goes, well, as much as I enjoyed that film, we're not allowed to talk about, I preferred working on that film that James Cameron also did that we're not allowed to talk about. And you know, the thing I liked about that film, he goes, oh, F it, Aliens. And I just got like a huge cheer. And if he gets in trouble, that's why. So I think they did the best they could. The, the stars were all great. The Everyone running it was great. But more on the Sunday than the Saturday, those limitations started to creep in. So, uh, so I'm glad that, like, it doesn't seem like it kind of interrupted your experience much on the Saturday, did it? No, but I figured that was going to happen anyway. I know, but it's you like... You know, I, I, I figured that was going to be the, the part yeah. of the core. Like, you know, so yeah. I was just like, nah, I'm not even going to set myself for failure there. Yeah. Which I mean, I think is, oh, to be fair, Michael Bean, I would have just talked to him about Blood Dragon for like 20 minutes. Blood <laughs> Dragon's class. I mean, just talk about that. Like, you're like, hey, man. Yeah. Now you can't talk about Alien or um, Terminator, but Blood Dragon, that's a video game. You talk about that. <laughs> Interestingly, I met one or two of them and they were allowed to talk about it like off the stage. That was fine. It was just on the stage where like microphones and stuff were involved. That seemed to be like an issue. Like, yeah, it's it's the the kind of the bottom line is that like by paneling and by talking about it in a very kind of public space, mm. it'd be advertisement for the yes. movies in the studio. Yes, I understand that. Yeah. Uh, 
But no, I mean, like, I, I enjoyed the whole weekend. We went as the, the Super Mario family, uh, the four of us, including the baby. Uh, and I could barely see, but that's my own fault. Um, so, yeah, no, we had a lovely time. I thought that it was very well laid out for something that was sold out. I didn't have any trouble getting around, which, again, like, unfortunately... Oh, my God. You know what? Sorry. sorry Kim. Look at this thing on my back. Like you, Kim, know. you you bring up you bring up a phenomenal point, and I'll let you jump back in in a second. But sure. no, no, you go first. Go on. I have to say, this has been one of the best experiences in that sense I was ever at Comic Con. Oh yeah, because whatever way they they did it, you were not like okay. Uh, the last time we were there doing our panel, mm-hmm. it was shoved in. It was horrific. Yeah. You know, people smushed in together. It, it wasn't it wasn't as as fun as it should have been. Yeah. This time around. They've actually, they got the balance quite well. Mm. Well, yeah, they probably reduced numbers, but you can walk around it. You can see everything. You know, it's it's a much safer way, and I don't mean that yeah. in like a COVID way or whatever. I mean like literally, like it's safe. Like you're you're not on top of each other the whole time. You're actually able to enjoy it. And look, I wasn't con sick after. You guys know this better than anybody. I always get incredibly yeah. sick after conventions. <laughs> Fine, <laughs> you know. So no, yeah, I say fair play. No, you're absolutely right. You know what I think helped, though? It's because half the people there were in the queue for uh, is it Linda Hamilton. Because there was all day, God bless them, they were either, the three of them were together signing things or doing photo shoots. So I was able to walk right up to Christina Chong and James Marsters, and uh, I'll look up her name now, the actor who played Princess Peach, because they were all, there was like a four-line queue for the Terminator people. So I imagine they had a complete, whoever went to meet them had a completely different experience. But, Just spent all day in, in queues. But, uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was like one of my favorite cons. I had a lovely time. I thought the artist alleys were great. Uh, the vendors were great. They've got loads of, they had loads of cool stuff in the hall this year, like Muppets and, you know, they had loads of Terminator robots about and all that. Uh, they changed up the costume competition running, uh, which I wasn't mad about, but I imagine that would only affect very specific people. <laughs> so, what did they that. change? Well, it used to be that they were would do like kind of a group category, then a kids category, then an adults category, and you'd go group prize, thing prize, thing prize. For some reason, they changed it up where it was all the kids and then like all the adults. And they didn't do prizes until the very end. And there wasn't like prizes for kids, prizes for adults. So like, now again, I'm talking from the point of view of having a literal baby in my hands. Mm. But it felt like um, it just took a lot longer to get anything done. And there wasn't that sort of like, and here we go. Yay. Now on to the next thing. It kind of felt very long. And it it means that like you have to hang around after your category. You're kind of a hostage crowd, you know. And they did put all of the contestants in the upper balconies, which is a good idea. Better than having them like in a hallway. Uh, but uh, yeah, and like I don't think they budgeted how much time they needed correctly because they got through everyone, and then they said kind of like, "All right, let's." If anyone in the audience wants to come up, they can. And of course, fifty people suddenly came up, and then they kind of went, "Oh no, 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 that's too many. Go back, go back." So I think they were kind of trying a new approach, which, you know, was fine. The judges were great. Like, it was great. Still great seeing all the costumes. But it kind of, like, I suppose it's the risk you kind of take with a competition, which is that 
you have to give up the entire day for it. But yeah. I don't mind. Prim got a prize, so I'm happy with that. Can't complain too much. Okay. Uh, oh, and I probably, I think I said it to Kev off the air, but uh, all the actors that we met were lovely. Uh, Christina Chong is fantastic and gave me like insider Star Trek info, which is always nice. Um, which actually we speculated on the podcast a few weeks ago if any of the singing ones were auto-tuned. They weren't apparently. Yeah, um, I, I got, we recorded about that on like the, the Wednesday, like the it was like the day yeah. after we recorded that podcast. I just get a text from Kate in the middle of the day. It's like, well, they all sang. I was like, that's that's all the grand journalism <laughs> right there. Yeah, no, no, no. We had a fantastic day. No, it was a fantastic. It's always a fantastic time. So yeah, I mean, like, uh, glowing recommendation for Comic Con as always. I it's funny actually because I was talking to one of the other, uh, like they have featured cosplayers. I was talking to her and she was worried that between an esports thing, a Halo panel, and the Stars of Terminator, it would be a very, I'm going to use her own word, blokey Comic Con. Mm. Well, if that was the case, I didn't get the vibe. I thought there were loads and loads of families who all seemed to be having a lovely time. So, yeah, I thought it was great. I'd go again in a heartbeat. Yeah, no. no listen, they, no, that, that would never happen at, at that Comic Con. It's not that mainstream. Well, if never any- say never. Like you know, no. If it. if if anything, if anything, you'll just have a more and more watered down experience of what a comic con is, which is because obviously it's for families, right? Yeah. So it's it's mainly a fa- it's always going to be a family day out, which is what as much as I like DCC and I do, um, it can be a very watered down experience. Like you know, it's not an anime convention in the middle of Cork. That's where you, <laughs> <laughs> that's where you get the real. Yeah, that's, that's the sauce. That's the sauce. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's kind of the charm of DCC, though. You know, I mean, no matter they could put anything there, like they put wrestling there, and it still didn't change the dynamic of it. Yes, you know? second, at least the second one in a row where they put a whole bunch of wrestlers next to a whole bunch of real actual owls, and somehow something didn't kick off. It's true. Yes, I don't know why Yet. nothing is kicked off. You've got yes, give it time, give it time. Costumes next to actually easily frightened birds. Give it time. <laughs> All right. Well, because I brought up, uh, I am so sorry. I'm going to look at the actor's name, but because we brought up the actor Princess Peach and Toad, that is kind of a nice segue into uh, Mannequin Blue. I believe you have a topic you want to talk about. Um, yeah, so we had some interesting Mario news in the last couple of weeks. Um, the official voice of Mario, uh, Charles Martinet, is stepping back. Yes, it was announced. Who, who, uh, me and the family met the year before, actually, bizarre enough. Is there any particular reason why he's stepping down? Or They haven't said. Um, they, they basically just said he's stepping back as the voice of Mario, so he's not involved in the new Mario game coming out, Mario Wonder, but he is going to be a Mario ambassador. What does that mean? I'm not 100% sure, but I'm assuming it's something to do with, like, traveling around and promoting Mario. I, I, I think okay. the conjecture, I think, is that, like, he can still go to conventions and still be, it's a Mia Mario. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Jen Taylor was the Princess Peach actor uh, at Comic-Con. Sorry, I had to find that. Of course. Uh, but she was lovely. Yeah, so, like, have they announced who is stepping into the role then? Yeah, sure. Not I that I've seen. 
Okay. Uh, but like we we do because we do have there is uh, Katie had mentioned uh, Super Mario Wonder is coming out not terribly long actually I think there's going to be a direct for it over the next day or two. Okay. Yeah, it's, um, it, there, there will be a direct soon, and they're going to do about fifteen minutes talking well, about if, it. Imagine if it was Chris Pratt. Uh, it was just gone. It was just gone. But they might. They're probably actually announced it then. I was just going to say, I hope it's Chris Pratt. Well, let's let's do a quick Google search. <laughs> I just did. Actually, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't. They have no announced clear yet. answer immediately. <laughs> So who's voice acting okay. in Mario Wonder? Because because he's been Mario from the beginning. Like, yeah. like with Jen Taylor, she like because I asked her, she she stepped into the role that someone else already had. Like he's been Mario and Luigi and Wario and Waluigi pretty much from day one. So it's gonna be kind of like, you know, to quote the Simpsons, big shoes to fill, you know? Yeah. And we know who can fill them. It's no, a- we don't. Chris no. Pratt. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. This I is like, the hill I will die on. I liked the movie, though. I did, too. It was okay. It had the nostalgia factor, and it was pretty, but it there was very little else. There's very little Mario in these maps. There was very little Mario in the Mario he, movie. We yeah, kind of talked got, about this off the air last week. He got week. sidelined it's, quite a bit. Like, um... For an Illuminations film, I was expecting it to be more Minions-y. But apart from, like, the pop mm. songs I felt which were unnecessary, it did feel like a solid Mario movie. Like, you know. It did and it didn't. It, like, it had a Mario skin. Um, And the characters were all there. And, you know, all the references were mm. there. But, like, it didn't really have a Mario storyline. Yeah, but you kind of have to change it into a story where people talk. And stuff. Yeah, but the, you know, just I don't know. In terms of like plot and stuff, it was kind of more them stringing really pretty scenes together. Yeah, well, I think I think I was kind of bowled over by how pretty it looked more than like than the substance of the story. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And like like Dara was saying, there was very very little Mario. I don't know I... if you make it a weird eighty sci fi crime drama. I thought it was a blast. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I just yeah. I just think that everyone needs to apologize to the Bob Hoskins movie. I just You're uh, absolutely right, Katie. Everybody does owe that. Listen, he might not remember filming a single second of it, but we all owe Bob Hoskins an apology. He's dead. He's dead. He is dead, yeah. We go to his grave. <laughs> <laughs> you know what his last film was? Son of the Mask. Oh no! Oh, oh no! God. He made oh, he made Snowden. If I don't say so, he made myself. bad decisions. <laughs> bad decisions. My favorite, yeah. my favorite quote is still forever him after accepting the role. His kids playing is like, "Oh, you're playing Mario," and they pull up the screen and see the jumping guy, and he looks at him and is like, "I played King Lear." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that movie's a treat. It's on Prime. Oh, Go watch it. Mm-hmm. Great movie. <laughs> great movie. It's awful. It's great. Oh my god, that's brilliant. Uh, but before we're going to move on, I believe there's other famous voice actor news, which is also kind of unfortunate. Yes. So we ha- we not a great not a great month for voice actor stuff. Um, the voice actor of Harley Quinn 
Arlene Sorkin, I believe, uh, passed this week as well. I think, and it's... she she was the OG Harley Quinn. Mm. Not not I not to jump in on you there, Katie, but not only the OG, but the literal inspiration for yeah, like yeah, the as inspiration, in like, yeah, as in like Paul Dini saw her on TV, literally wrote the character based on her, and she was like, you know, very much like not like. Without without her, there would be no Harley Quinn, literally. Well, yeah. this is what I was going to ask, because like I saw the original Harley Quinn episode and she is kind of just one of the Joker's minions. She doesn't kind of arrive fully formed. I assumed that the voice actor did a great job and they're like, oh, we've got something here. You're saying it was the other way around? like. Yeah, no, like there's. um, Sorry. Yeah, no, the actual character itself, uh, it wasn't it wasn't as cut and dry as that, like, but it was. Basically, Paul Dini, there's a good episode of Fat Man on Batman where he has Paul Dini on. And I think he, had, he does an episode with um, Arlene Sorkin as well. And they kind of talk about how Harley Quinn formed out. Like, yeah, he initially was like, right, we need a female. We need a female um, henchman, basically. And they had it. And then they realized, wait, we can actually do so much more with this. Got Arlene, Sork- uh, got Arlene Sorkin in. And um, she really kind of expanded it out to what it became okay yeah because like it's easier to get she is a creation of the animated series isn't she yeah no yeah. absolutely of Paul Dini yeah of she Paul didn't Dini, appear literally. in any comics until after no but it, it's funny because like her husband I think writes the writes um, what's it the West Wing I was uh, Cr- Christopher Lloyd yeah but not yeah. not to be confused with the actor <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I got I, there was an eyebrow raised there. I didn't know that was the name. Yeah, <laughs> that's a joke that they also make on Fat Man and Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so but but she was she was obviously the inspiration, the OG Harley Quinn. She voiced her like all the way up until now, pretty much. You know, it, cartoons, Tara, movies, Tara, video games. Tara Strong took over a little while ago. Yeah, former. Yeah, but. You're, you're you're not wrong. You are right. Like it's for the most part. Like I think yeah. married to Christopher Lloyd. Well, was not 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 that one. Not, not Doc different Brown. Christopher Lloyd. Not Doc um, Brown. Yeah, d- different one. Different one. But yeah, I think I don't know if she done anything. If she done any Harley Quinn, but I think she because she was in the the Arkham games. Yeah, yes. right. was probably the latest. She's uh, wasn't Tara Strong the? Yeah, she took Harley. over. She took over. She took over for a short yeah. while, but I think okay. they got Sorkin back in for the for the Arkham. If I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, as far as I'm aware, she was she was involved in the Arkham games. Uh, but yeah, no, that's a damn shame. Like that's she for like a rogues gallery as iconic as Batman's to have someone make that jump from mm. Paul Dini's like TV show. Like the, everything about like Sorkin's performance is simply iconic. Yeah, yeah. and so, I can't think of another character who just inserted themselves into the history of comics so quickly and so unexpectedly like the closest i can think of would be like maybe like venom but even then he was kind of created to be iconic like uh Artie quinn's in a league of her own yeah like the only equivalent there would be and again it's not even an equivalent equivalent is uh mr freeze the animated series basically made mr freeze what he is 
Yeah, but he flashed it before, didn't he? Yeah, but he was a joke before. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but even he wouldn't be as iconic. Like he wouldn't be on the same level as Harley Quinn. Oh no, no, absolutely not. But I mean, I think it it speaks volumes to not only um, the performance of the characters, but also the writer, like of Paul Dini, um, to be like, right, we we need this here. And then when Arlene walked in, it was kind of like, oh my god. You know, this is four hundred and twenty-seven episodes of Days of Our Lives. Mm-hmm. First of all, I didn't know Days of Our Lives was a real thing. I yeah, it's a real thing. Right. Yeah, this <laughs> is a real. Second of all, she's approaching One Piece levels of involvement at four hundred and twenty-seven episodes. My and those God. sitcoms really get up there. Holy Not moly! Not sitcoms, but like serials. I don't think there's that many episodes of Doctor Who. Oh yeah, that that show's been going. I think that show's been going for as long as time has existed. <laughs> like the cleaning of a house. It never ends. Um, but yeah, no, terrible loss. Um we like we won't see her like again. And but I mean the the legacy lives on. Um I I have been really thoroughly enjoying the the Harley Quinn show. Obviously. She had little to no involvement of that. So Kaylee Cuoco is voicing her in that. Uh, but the characterization is much the same, kind of carried straight through. Is that your one from... Uh... Big Bang Theory, yeah. Oh, Yeah, Eight yeah. Simple Rules, Big Bang she's, Theory. I, I, thought, I thought she's really good. That, that yeah, whole show yeah. is great. Yeah, but she's not good. But I can we can we start a petition or something to just have somebody stationed outside Mark Hamill's house? For what? Because we lost Kevin Conroy last year, now Arlene Sorkin. So I'm really worried for him. But the thing about it is, they have his image already locked in, so... Yeah, but that's not the point. No, no, I'm sorry, that wasn't a joke. I'm just saying that was like, they they have him in The Mandalorian, like, he would be good. Yeah, no, but like, can we just keep Mark Hamill safe? Ah, yeah, that's oh, like these I, these things I, always happen in threes. I just found out, like, because um, her husband, like, wrote loads of Frasier. Apparently, he did. Yeah, he wrote loads of Frasier. A fact that only interests me. Apparently, like in Frasier, it was a thing where they get celebrities to phone in and like do a funny phone call, and then Frasier would talk to them. Apparently, she like on the set was every single phone call. No way. (laughs) Like whenever it was a celebrity, and then they put her in like the final episode as like a thank you thing. How mad was that set? That Harley Quinn would phone in every week pretending to be Mel Brooks or something like that. <laughs> no, you're not, not going to get that with the new or, Fraser. Or Frankie Muniz or whoever, you know. God, I, I hate Frankie. see that. God, I hate Frankie Muniz. Oh, leave Frankie Muniz alone. He can't remember anything. I can. That's what he gets for being in NASCAR accidents all the goddamn time. What? He's a NASCAR, what? He's a NASCAR driver now. And a drummer in a band. Oh, well, everyone. Wait, knows. hold on. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, my but God. But he, he literally can't remember anything from his time on Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. Because he, he had a head injury and his, his memory is just gone. Oh, God bless. Mm. God, I didn't like that show. And I also didn't like. What is wrong him. with you? I love I Malcolm. No, he's just. Free. One of the best know. TV shows ever. The yeah, TV show was great. great, but I didn't like Malcolm. No, nobody yeah, liked no, Malcolm. I mean, you weren't supposed to. He was in. But yeah, like, he's he's obnoxious. Awful. Like you're not he's supposed ob- to. Like, he's the one yeah. who gets his comeuppance every week. Like you know, more. That's or true. Less. That's true. That's, see, that's the thing I don't. That's why I don't like Frank Muniz. I'm like, 
But like, you don't watch Malcolm in the Middle for Malcolm. You watch it for Hal. That's true. That's God true. bless poor Hal. Francis. You know, you know he was the boy. You yeah. know he was in uh, Francis and his German ranch. <laughs> did you know that uh, the who's the actor who played Hal? Can't remember his name. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Cranston, yes. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I'm still jet lagged. Uh, come on. <laughs> I've only been home a day. Um, and uh, yeah, so he started off as a voice actor, and it, one of his main credits, or not credits, but one of his main roles was in the Power Rangers. Yeah. But also, he was he, also in a soap opera called All My Children. And, and he was also, And he, and Seinfeld. He was Jerry's he's doctor. The, I've read his book. He's had the most interesting life. But do you did, do you know that he was also in an anime, Kev? You have my attention. I feel, I feel like I've heard this, but I can't place it. He was Fei Long in uh, Street Fighter Two, the animated to the animated movie. Oh, I yes, oh, yeah. Well, I have to go that. watch I, that now, aren't we? It's such I, a good movie. I keep meaning to actually. It's been on my list. Oh, it's, I think it's wonderful. It's it's finding a good version of it. Uh, it's actually the new version, the 4K version is up for free on YouTube on like uh on manga's like thing on their like official yeah. channel. Yeah. Now they oh, cut out they, they cut out the infamous shower scene, so you're gonna have to deal with that, but uh other than that, I'll deal with that in my own way. Okay, Kev, is that okay? <laughs> is that okay? I, I will. I will survive. <laughs> this I will not push. I will. <laughs> we carry on. <laughs> Brave <laughs> soldier, you are. Because the purest in you is probably just like, oh my god, this is a good damn super saiyan. <laughs> All over. All over a naked woman's body. <laughs> oh God! Piranha <laughs> five. Piranha five. Very rarely I do I. Very rarely I do I have worded to, that. One. <laughs> I very rarely have to cut the show, like cut parts of the show that aren't me. I think Kev, well done. You have made. <laughs> you, <laughs> you threw him into that minefield. I did. But I usually, when I cut something out of the show, it's, it's like... me. So you know, the first time I'm gonna ever get cut Kev out of the pod, out of the radio version. I'm very, I'm very proud. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay, very quickly. Um, since we're talking about anime, um, I know we've got to get to Galaxy's Edge, but can I tell James Marsters very quick uh, Dragon Ball Z story? Yes. So you know that he's in the the live action Dragon Ball Z movie that no one likes. Sure. I like it. No, I've actually never seen it. Who? who I've never it? seen it. A green no. character is it? Gohan? Uh, is he? Is he Piccolo? Yeah, Piccolo. Sorry. Uh, I, I never watched it. Um, so, yeah, he was in it and he wanted to be in it because, like, uh, there was a very famous, like, martial artist, like, stunt coordinator or fight choreographer or something like that. So he's like, all right, this seems legit. And, like, I will paraphrase because you can probably just go and listen to it. I'm sure it's on the Geek Garland or uh, Dublin Comic Con website somewhere. But basically, as he started filming, the warning signs kept coming up and coming up and coming up. Um, that's so that something was off about this. So eventually the day comes out that uh, it's in cinema and he takes his two kids to go see it in cinema and he knows that it's going to be a bomb. So he goes in and he goes in and the entire cinema is packed and he's like, oh, this is wonderful. Loads of people turned out to see it. (laughs) And then like he kind of went up to one of the teenagers like looking for a seat goes, are you really here to see Dragon Ball Z? And the kid says, no, this is Fast and the Furious. Dragon Ball Z is across the hall. And they go, and so he goes across the hall, and there's like 
seven people in the cinema, including him and his kids. Oh, God bless. I'm well, I'm, I'm just looking because I haven't seen the movie. I'm just looking at stock images now and his piccolo is horrific. Well, I'm sh- his performance is great. It's- oh, no, I'm sure it was. It's yeah. just like, goodness me, oh. fair play to him for letting yeah, them the do cut- that to him. I, I feel really bad for the, the main character's Goku, isn't it, Kev? Yeah. yeah. He, the actor who plays Goku is like always like the first person people like throw on the thumbnails whenever someone does a umpteenth YouTube review of it or something like that. But like he turned up in like a Doctor Who Christmas special and like he was brilliant in it. And I had to go to my brother like, you know who that is, right? So I feel so, you know, like at least James Marsters was like famous and kind of I, have an I idea. feel bad for the actors Folks. who may have lost work Folks. over that, you know? I have an idea. We're going to announce the next panel here mm-hmm. somewhere. Live reaction to Dragon Ball Z the movie. Well, everyone, <laughs> there we go. I think that's I think we're going to do that. We missed our chance to do it with James Marsters. Well, we just thought about it now. We can go back in time. We have a time machine. I have to actually watch the real Dragon Ball. He'll be back. He's college. been to Comic Con before. He'll come back great. again. Exactly. Yeah. No, Kian. No, I. I no, Kian. I need you to go in blind, knowing nothing about Dragon Ball. <laughs> just go blind. <laughs> that's the best way to watch I, it. I want you to watch Dragon Ball Evolution and then explain Dragon Ball to me. <laughs> yes, I want this. Oh, this is we amazing. have to do that. We totally will. All right, well, now that that death sentence has been put in my lap, <laughs> uh, I believe, Dara, you want to talk about Galaxy's Edge, don't you? Oh, my God, right. So I was away in Orlando for a while. Uh, it was great. It was good to kind of get away for a while. Luckily now as well, because the, there's a really bad hurricane now at the moment. So I think I picked Why a good Why do you leave go. chaos and destruction in your wake wherever you go? I don't know. I, ju- I just seem to just miss it. I just call it. It look. wasn't, to be fair, this time it wasn't hard. It was Florida. That's true. Florida Chaos is, and destruction is kind of their deal. But the weather, the, yeah. the weather is insane. Like over there, it really is. It can be like thunderstorms and then like buckets of rain and it just stop. It's wild. Anyway, so the reason why I went over was for two two things: Epcot and Galaxy's Edge because I love Epcot. I think Epcot. What is Epcot? I'm a oh man, Epcot's like the best place ever. It's um, it was supposed to be a futuristic city, but now it's not. It's mainly a place where they have like different pavilions. <laughs> so you have like different parts of the country, like Norway and Italy, and it, it's fun. Um, but I just think it's wonderful. Uh, and also you hold like food things there, you know, like like there's a there's a, a food and wine convention happening there because of all the different countries. We have an Ireland pavilion, guys. We finally made it. Woo! You can get kill you can get kill Kenny beer. Oh, bad Guinness. Oh. Uh, or you can get um like steak and kidney pie or whatever. No, like no, what's it like? Potatoes and like steak. I feel like that is now like the international pastime of Irish people, just judging the head on a pint of Guinness. I didn't even try. I just went for oh, a Kilkenny because it was like way nicer. So I mean, yeah, Kilkenny's not bad. Um, it's really not bad. No, it's really yeah, good. You don't, you don't get the full all-rounded Irish experience of bad Guinness and bad coddle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed. I'm amazed they didn't make a coddle, which is what they should have done. I think that would have been or a lot like better. ham and cabbage. Or yeah, it was just like it was just a weird choice. It was like they kind of went Boiled halfway. Taters. <laughs> but it was right beside the the England uh, like land that they have, and like they got a full land, and we get a little cottage and it's like lads, this is that this seems is about right. Yeah, I don't know. They could have had like a little bit better, but anyway. So the real reason why I went was for Galaxy's Edge because I was like, look, I have to go to it, and you guys know that I do not like the sequels at all, right? 
do not like it one bit. I really? Think You've never brought it up? I've never brought it up <laughs> once. Um, And I, I like, I'll be honest with you, if you're anyway a Star Wars fan, this is like, you just have to go. It's it's amazing. It's like, it's so immersive because I did the Harry Potter thing as well. And like, someone called me a muggle and I got sick in my mouth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just like, repulsion. Did someone call you a muggle in Galaxy's Edge? No, this was in Harry Potter. They all referred to people as muggles and it's like, oh. Yeah, you know, it's it's gross, but I mean, look, I, I, a direct comparison there. I I was like, it only hit me after I had been to Galaxy Edge. I'm like, oh, people probably have that for Harry Potter as well. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, they're wrong, but okay. <laughs> um, and I was just like, okay, and like that's pretty cool, and it's immersive to an extent, but like the the Harry Potter thing, it's like it feels like people are working in a theme park, right? Yeah. And some of them are in character. In Galaxy's Edge, everyone is in character. Like the whole place just like is in character. Um and it was just great. I mean, the direct comparison is, you know, it's gonna be different things and it's it's not amazing and it's incredibly expensive, but it also is amazing. Um the the rides are pretty cool. You can ride the Millennium Falcon, which is amazing. You you can drive the Millennium Falcon, which is very cool. Um and you crash the Millennium Falcon. No, it just lands badly. Uh. But you can do the Rise of the Resistance, which if you haven't looked it up, look it up. It's a five part different ride that goes that starts off in one place. You end up going into a Star Destroyer, walking around the Star Destroyer and then escaping the Star Destroyer. That does sound cool. It has full scale AT-AT walkers. Oh, I think I think Star Trek used to do a similar thing where like you're running around the ship and getting in lifts and then you had to fend off attackers and stuff. Yeah. What, the- what kind of environments do you get to kind of go through? But this is what I'm saying to you. The scale of it, you you yeah. you run around a Star Destroyer, but it's a full scale. Like there's an army of stormtroopers like just standing right. there, and it's like a full scale Tie Fighter and everything just there. It it really is breathtaking when you see it. You and, need to do like a full scale like Jenny Nicholson style like blog on this. Oh, I think I will. Like I, I, I genuinely think I will because it's just one of those things where you're like, it. The more the more time you put into it. Uh, the more you get out of it, and I, I think you can do similar things with it in the Harry Potter land where you get the wand and you walk around and stuff. But Disney have gone one step further and like released an app, so you can end up playing like real life Kultor where you're doing missions for the Resistance oh. or for the First Order or for a random smuggler, and it's rad. You know, you're just able to walk around like placing security cameras or hacking things or you know doing missions or hunting people or it's just super fun. Um, and then you can build a lightsaber again, like the there is a, a financial event like your money will just disappear well, yeah i mean it, it I just mean, I will we're kind of on the air but but like how much of your year's money has gone on this well percentage wise i'll put it i put it this way right to, to so in order to build a lightsaber which you can do because again like you can't walk up to someone and go how do i build a lightsaber because they're contraband right <laughs> so you can't do that you have to go up and then like you know on the app you can do it all but like if you want to ask them you have to go up and they're like, oh, well, if you want to build a bit of scrap metal, you can just, you know, set it up for disappointment. And then, <laughs> they give, yeah, and they give you a whole, like, stick, you know. But it works at, <laughs> it works at about 250 euros. That isn't as bad as I was expecting, actually. A, a custom-made lightsaber on the internet will probably come around the same. But see, it's not That's a custom... just for the lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, so it's not just okay. a custom lightsaber. It's like you, you pick a, a specific, like, build. Mm. Uh, or like like type of build you want and then you build every individual component yourself so it's completely custom down to like the crystal 
and they do a whole big so ceremony. So the experience thing. of doing that sounds like it's still expensive, obviously. The experience is it amazing. It sounds like kind of yeah. like you're getting value for your money, like. Yeah, like it's not just to take you in and you're like, you can get that where you just buy a lightsaber in a shop. Right. And that's like, you have like a, an antiquity shop, which is pretty cool. Like they have like on the wall, they have like loads of different like Easter eggs and stuff. It's really fun. Yeah. But, you know, to get the actual real experience, it sounds like a lot of money and it is, but it's it's actually unbelievable. Um, And then like you can you can go to, to the container, but you have to make a reservation. And then you're there and you have a whole big... Like, when I was there, they were doing a press event for Ahsoka. So that was very weird <laughs> because yeah. there's all these people running around with, like, you know, mid-tier white lightsabers getting yeah. drunk in the cantina, which was probably the most... Yeah, I'm gonna, I was at the Dublin Ahsoka premiere. I'm going to talk about that next week, yeah. No, I do, but, I mean, this was, like, the one that was run by Disney and it was filled with vloggers, which I didn't know because I was just there. <laughs> and it was just weird because it was just, like... The place is like alive in and of itself. Well, isn't it so, weird that like the grungy cantina from episode four has reservations? No, <laughs> here's just... the thing. So, as I said to you, everyone is in character, right? Mm-hmm. And there was an, one of the droids who used to do Star Tours was working there as the mm-hmm. DJ, Rex. And I was like, hey, how come a droid is working there? And I was made very clear that don't worry, this is not Tatooine. No one's getting their arms cut off here. And I was like, that is a good answer. Well, that's right. It's the planet from episode nine, isn't it? No, it's its own planet. It's Batu. Was Batu in episode nine? Uh, Batu oh, is, is a real planet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but was it in oh, episode sorry, nine? I no, in no, you're thinking, sorry. I can't believe I'm the one pointing at Star Wars yeah. facts. The one from the one from episode seven was Jakku. Jakku, yeah, yeah. But no, episode... I, I'm trying to think. I Batu, I remember it being maybe in a bad batch or something. I think it was in one episode of something to hype up the park. I just can't remember where it was. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. But Batu is exclusively supposed to be on... It's, it's out in the Outer Rim, but it's it's exclusively in Galaxy's Edge. Isn't isn't Hondo supposed to be, like, running it from uh, the Clone Wars? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's, 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 you get he's, to see him. Yeah, he's he gives you the mission uh, in the Millennium Falcon. Okay, so is it like an actor? Is it on the actor? No, it, no, how do you do, like, how do you do, no, no, how do you do it is, um, they actually use, um, screens, but also holograms. Okay. That's very uh, cool. Uh, Batu is from the Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so it was in something else then. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I'm, I'm just getting, t- diving into history now. Does yeah. a droid, like, do the lightsaber build, like in Ahsoka, or... No, like there are no, like there's there there are droids there, but they're not they're not moving. Obviously, <laughs> you know, uh, like the, the only droids you really see are the ones that would be on the rides or something like that that would right. actually be moving. Like BB-8 is there, which is cool, and it moves around, and it's yeah. unbelievable. The droid it has a whole big droid factory where you can build your own droid. I didn't do that because I, you know, yeah. again, I it was prohibitively expensive, and I'm like, no, I, I can't justify <laughs> this. Um. But yeah, look, as I said, if you're a Star Wars fan in any way, like even if you just kind of like it, uh, here here's the big thing that will sell you guys on it, right? I hate the sequels, passionately, vehemently. It made the sequels not as horrific. Okay, well, that is quite an endorsement. Because uh, Rise of the Resistance is based solely on, obviously, the sequels, right? Yeah. But whatever way they do it, it makes... Um, it lends itself way more to like a ride or a video game than it does a movie. The whole, the whole thing, you know. Um, and maybe that's what they should have done initially. They should have just made rides or games. But uh, yeah, you can you can definitely enjoy it even if you hate the sequels. 
Okay, well, that's quite promising. Did you stay in the park as well, like overnight? Or? Oh, God, no, that's that's six grand a night, man. Well, that that's why I was I kind of floating a figure, like, you know. Yeah, so what you're alluding to is the Star Cruiser. That's actually yeah. closing in September because it was so... So, right, guys. I well, don't, that's you, why I thought you might have gone there, like... No, Kev, Katie, do you know about this? I, I, I do a little bit, but I, I haven't looked into it because... I know Jenny Nicholson, we mentioned earlier, is do is doing a deep dive on it. Right. Oh, right. So, so right. So I'll I'll cover the bases, right? So it's a two-day stay in the park, right? But basically the lore is you get taken up to a Star Cruiser, right? So you're staying in a Star Cruiser and you they give you a Star Wars robes or and you dress up like you're in Star Wars, right? And you stay there for two days and you have your own little mission, and then you know you can go into the rides and do the whole thing. Which is cool, and I'll be honest with you, I would absolutely do that, but it's six grand. Can that you is... raise that much by September? No, I mean, I, I, I look, it's six. That's too much money. That's how much an entire trip to Florida cost, mm-hmm. and then some. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's for a family of four to go over from. Well, like I'm assuming Orlando. this is why is it Same. has it gone out of business because it's six grand? Yeah. Is yeah. it six grand because it's going out of business? Like no, like, it's it's six first. grand. Be- no, it's it it's gone out of business because it's prohibitively expensive. Like okay, I don't know, okay. I like I don't know anyone except for Jenny Nichols, but obviously she's you know a vlogger, media person. Yeah, who who could even do that? Like I mean, look, even if you had the money or whatever, it's still like a grotesque waste of money in my opinion. Like, yeah, and again, like I, I, I look, I I went in and I spent so much money in gas. <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? And even then, I was like. Okay, and this is enough now, you know. But at one point, I was like, I'm just gonna keep up because you just go in and you go into a frenzy, you know. Um, but with something like that, you're like, no, this is like, it's it's too much money. It's it's way too much money, you know. And I I you just you can't you can't justify it. You really can't. So I think this is a case of Disney just being that little bit too greedy. Um, uh, but also again, like if you think about it, that's probably how much to co- how much it costs to run. Because mm. it is a, li- a super limited experience um, where, you know, they have to bring in all the actors, they have to fund it, they have to run it, they have to, bring... you know, what they should do is, and, you know, it's good you brought this up, Kane, because it's still there. I saw where it is. It's a big warehouse on the way out. Like, you can see it, you know. Um, they should just keep it as it is and turn it into a ride, which makes way more sense. Or even drop the price significantly. Or like like a two day. hour like I went to a similar sounding thing, like a Doctor Who interactive theater show. Yeah, exactly. Three yeah. hours and you can just pick your slot. Like it, it seems yeah, exactly like, like it that, seems yeah. like there's a better way to make money off that. Yeah, no, like yeah. I you know, I, I was saying maybe do it as a half day, but I think that And then maybe if the hotel sense. be a separate thing, you know, like Yeah, well I mean even even take the hotel aspect out of it completely, but if you did it to okay, so the Star Wars the the lightsaber thing is like an hour and a half. It's two hundred fifty dollars, but um, you book your time. But, but you, in and you seem to have gotten a wonderful experience out of it. Exactly, yeah, and it's if the same it's too with the expensive. Cont- it's money well spent, you know. Yeah, and it's the same with the cantina. The cantina you have to book, and it's like sixty or seventy dollars because the yeah. food and drinks or whatever. But yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Keen. If you have like a two-hour experience where you can go in and you can do a mission, mm. and the missions are always different, that's how you do that. That's genius. Mm. Hire Keen Disney, Disney. like. <laughs> Get me involved. Exactly. He figured it, it out. It, That's it, how you do it. In exchange for a lightsaber, seemingly. You what? I'll I'll fix your park in exchange for a lightsaber or a BB eight. I don't mind which. Oh yeah, no, the BB eights are I, I've only seen one and he was just moving around Rise of Resistance. You yeah. know, or actually, chopper. I'll take a chopper. How much time do we have left? 
uh, about, sorry, my phone is super slow. About seven minutes. If you don't okay. mind, I'd like to offer Kev the chance to finally talk about Final Fantasy 16. He has been trying yeah. for about three weeks. One thing I will say, though, before I go, I think you're right. I probably do like a, a deep dive thing on the parks because it's been 15 years since I've been there. I have a lot to say. But guys, go over and check out nerdsnowmedia.com because there's so much content coming there. Because guess what I did on my flight? What? I edited all the shows. Hey. <laughs> I we did my job. We take a holiday. Yeah, I did my job. Yeah. So, I'll anyway. start saving. <laughs> right, Kev, go, go, Kev, go. Oh, geez, okay, just tossing me in the deep end. Uh, yeah. So I've been, yeah, I guess Tian said I've been trying not very hard. And <laughs> <laughs> to cap off, if you didn't get if if you didn't get your fill of us talking Final Fantasy last week, here's more because there's 16 of these bad boys now. Oh, I'm gonna cover all of them one day and Kingdom Hearts. I'm I'm working my way through them. I'm slowly but surely ticking my way through them. Uh, whenever I'm not playing 14, but that's a whole other beast. <laughs> 16. Uh, yeah, 16, the brand new one, uh, released about a month, two months ago now. Uh, and yeah, it's the first kind of like mainline uh, series for the past few years, and especially following on from 15, which has become kind of famous infamous. I quite its... liked 15. I thought it was really good. It's dev cycle particularly was okay. I always come to uh, these things late, but okay. Notoriously long, and the game. Lo- I think it's been patched a lot since, but launched notoriously like right, right, missing a back third act. Um, so sixteen kind of had a lot. Like it, it almost at least to me, it kind of came out of nowhere. It got announced, heard nothing for about two years, and then they were like, "Well, we're gonna release it next month," <laughs> and it's. Okay, like barring a, like a very light delay came out with kind of with spectacle and fanfare, uh, and you know what? They made a video game. <laughs> um, it I think like and especially like this, it, it it's drawn a lot of controversy, which I don't think is necessarily new, because uh, mm. they've entirely scrapped any semblance of turn-based combat. This is oh that's, first that's been gone for ages. That's what I, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, like I mean, in thirteen, since... they basically scrapped gameplay. Yeah, uh, like since about like twelve, even like had something kind of even. Well, it's sort of the free roaming. It. Yeah, yeah, autoplay. Uh, but this this has taken at like where where I think twelve through fifteen had like things kind of erring on. I know fifteen had a had a mode you could dip into to slow time and make decisions yeah anything anything resembling linking it to turn-based combat has gone um and i, I mean that's that been pretty... kind of on the decline since kingdom hearts kind of found yeah. a way to match the two like uh well no this this is fully not even that sort of command-based structure this right. is uh this is full action game it and um, the sword just yeah which which was kind of um which was basically confirmed when they announced the game because Aside from like a lot of Square Enix heavy hitters in positions, a lot of the fourteen developers were were put okay. on top of this. Uh, who have listen? I could sit here and extol the virtues of Final Fantasy fourteen for days. You have, I, I will. <laughs> uh, but they're they're great developers. But the key person they brought in was the um, combat director from the Devil May Cry series. Ah, okay. And that's that's the direction that we're in now. Right. It's it's full. Uh, splash combat 
Um, and it's, you know what, for that, for like it being that it achieves it swell. <laughs> like It does it stellarly. Uh, and can I ask in the time we have, like, yeah. what is the sort of general premise of 16? Because I've been uh, looking the, and found nothing. Yeah, the general premise. So they've gone much more back to kind of the medieval fantasy, mm. taking a lot of the, content, like, throwing out a lot of the contemporary stuff and just making it pure night swords and sorcery. Uh, it's like, it it wears its influence on its sleeve. It is taking a lot from Game of Thrones. It's, it is a darker, grittier right. take. Or like it, it, it is putting that forward that it's a darker, grittier take. Because again, we talked about it last week. Other Final Fantasies get pretty weird and dark. Uh, yeah, there's there's definitely like you've got your Final Fantasy Nine sort of swords and sorcerers, and you've got your kind of high tech fifteens and thirteens and eights yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, but the big, the kind of the big change for sixteen compared to any of the others is in how it handles its uh, summons uh, in this cult, they are called the icons. Right. Uh, in that they are active players in this world, controlled, basically, they are, they pe- they inhabit individual, certain individual people throughout the world. And obviously, as you can imagine, when a person has the ability to at will turn into Titan, who is thousands of feet high and can stomp on a city. That changes the certain power structures of different <laughs> areas of the world. Um, and you follow Clive, who is the pre the prior son to a duke of a certain section of this world that in the prologue of the game gets squashed. Uh, and you kind of gather magical power and different like elemental icons throughout the game. And it starts as a pretty kind of grounded fantasy thing, but it's a Final Fantasy game, so it does beeline right up to you killing God by the end. <laughs> you can almost measure a Final Fantasy game by at what point they just give up on the story and go fight God. Uh, Usually it's in yeah, the middle no. of the final fight. <laughs> oh no, this one does it actually pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but how, no, how it's, it's we a... get in before God turns up. But no, the story, the characters are all extremely uh, likable. The combat's so much fun. It is the first game where, because it's right now, it's exclusive to PS5. Um, right, like they'll more than likely port it to PC later on. But it's it's the first game I played where I'm like, oh, this this could only have been done on like a PS5 and like a current gen console. Because the size and scale of things they, that they get in this game and just the sheer amount of particle physics just going on screen. And uh, like no no lower generation of console could actually handle it. Um oh, well, we'll have to buy a PS5 eventually, darn it. Eventually. <sighs> uh and then yeah, no, the yeah, but I do need to point out uh, the cast are all brilliant. Ben Stars, Clive Rossfield is great. Mm. But there's uh, the Sid in this game is is a very prominent kind of member uh, of the cast. And he's got this like deep kind of like growly voice. He's got this kind of suave swagger right. to him. And I was thinking, I was like, man, this, this voice is great. I, who is this guy? I got to look up who the actor is. It's Ralph Innocent. <laughs> who? Did you ever see The Witch? No, I haven't. No, sorry. Oh, he's the dad and the witch. He's like from the same director as the lighthouse. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He like I, he's one of those faces that I know that I've known, and it was just surprising to see like a known actor in that world. But he's great. 
Okay. I mean, look, it's gonna you're gonna have to work a lot to try and top the guy you kept talking about his recipes in 13. I think that's still the vocal performance that you don't know about this? No, 13th of blind spot for me. I I'll we technically were out of time, so I'll go quick because I know Dara's gonna edit stuff out anyway. Um yeah, there's like basically one of the ingredients of 13 is that while you're roaming around the world, you can just pick up herbs and stuff. And if you do, one of your party goes, that's it. I've discovered a new recipe. Oh, that's 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Oh, is that yeah. 15, is it? Okay. Oh, so you do know it then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like, I love uh, 15 to bits, but they obviously didn't account for the fact that you'd be finding a lot of recipes. And so there's only the one vocal line performance. So like, it's just, it, it winds you up to some, to some wonderful degree. I mean, to be, no, to be fair, there's, there's limits on that in, in 16, because another thing that they kind of like throw out is the party dynamic. Right. And uh, like, you just play Clive and you get like a, a revolving door of characters that kind of follow you at certain points, but you don't actually have like a party that you manage that gets different levels. It is the Clive Rosfield show. <laughs> uh, with the sole exception of your dog. Oh, there's a dog. Oh, there's a dog. Torgal is a very good boy. Um, and you get light control over Torgal uh, if you want. But yeah, you, you hear the words, go get him, Torgal. <laughs> Do you fire him off a cannon on your arm? No, no. He, <laughs> he, he has, he's, he's not got Renoa beat on that one. <laughs> oh, sugar. Unfortunately, we are a minute or two over. So I'm going to give everyone a chance to say stuff before we wrap. Mannequin Blue and your terrifying cat. Is there anything you want to say before we wrap? Uh, no, just the usual stuff. Follow the social medias. Follow me on Twitch uh, at Mannequin Blue and buy stuff from my art shop, Acutely Morbid. Lovely. Kev? Uh, follow me on Twitter at KevTolic94. That's about Lovely. It. Is Dara still in the room? I am. Hello. Was there anything you want to say before we wrap? Yes. Um, please go over to nerdthenomedia.com. Follow uh, anywhere where the podcasts are made available. We're going to have so much content. There's something like 15 hours of shows coming. So they're all free. They're all there. Go check them out. I will never allow that backlog to happen again because I had to spend an entire flight editing the shows. So uh, never again. But uh, go over, check them out. And we appreciate the support. Also, go over to our social media as well because... We're lonely over there, and we need people to talk to. All by ourselves. True. <laughs> by our book. <laughs> we don't have a book yet, but we will. We need to get merch from it. Oh, what, buy what, our shirt. Are you going to write a book about theme parks? Maybe, maybe. Actually, uh, myself and Martin on the rewind are going to do a book on wrestling fan signs. Ah, oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. So that actually is in the works, but uh, yeah, we need to get, get moving on that. So eventually we will have a book to plug. Yeah. Uh, yeah, eventually I will probably have to write like a Final Fantasy book or something like that. Uh, I suppose I don't have anything to plug. So just since we were talking about Comic-Con at the start, uh, more for Kev than anyone, Christina Chong's album is actually really good. Uh, like I gave it a listen after the con and it's like oh yeah yeah okay she's definitely like I can see why she got like two of the solos in the episode now she's legit like what type what just like quickly like what type of music was kind of a, that's a good, kind of a guitar like kind of 
slightly jazzy soulish type stuff. Okay. Like like that's what the album looks like. It kind of gives you the here. That's what kind of gives you the vibe. Like wait, you bought the album? She was there. Yeah. Oh wow. Support I mean, artists. Yeah, but yeah, I know, but I'm just I'm I'm impressed that he like bought the album. As, as opposed to not buying the album. Well, as, as opposed to like Spotify or something. Look, look, she was very nice to my daughter. I will buy all your stuff if you're nice to my daughter. And that goes okay. for any celebrities who may be listening and appearing in Comic Con in the future. That's fair. That's fair. That's cool. That's how I ended up with Kevin McNally's like sci fi book. <laughs> like, sir, I will buy all of your junk. I mean, art. <laughs> The phrase "shut up and take my money" springs to mind. Oh man, stop! I can't criti- I can't criticize anything. They just use Star Wars, and my brain shut off. <laughs> it actually, I put it this way: it got so bad that uh, I purposely let my, I, I hit my credit card limit, and I purposely did that to stop myself. Yeah. So there you go. That limit had been any higher, I would have been in the hotel. You'd live well. You can move in in October. No one else will be there. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I suppose Dara has to get to somehow edit four and a half minutes out of this. So, oh, I'll don't worry, Ke- Kev took advantage of that. So, if you're wondering what we're talking about, um, that's why you listen to the podcast because it's stuff that I don't edit out. Yeah, check it, check it. Made it sound much more for, exciting for, for Kev's raunchy. <laughs> Kev after unrated. dark. After, after hours. <laughs> 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 Let's make that the title of the episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh my god. Kev gets Thank you all for listening and, and we will down. see you next week. Bye guys. Bye. 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 Oh, we're ending. Okay, bye. Alright, so you're listening to the podcast, you're like, hey, I'm not in Ireland, how do I get in touch? Well, TuneIn has you covered. That's how you can check us out live when we're on the radio. Um, you go to TuneIn and download the app, or you can check out the live streams on nerdthnowmedia.com or phoenix92.5 FM. If you want to get in contact with us, it's very easy. Media everywhere. Media on Twitter. Media Instagram. Media on Twitch. Media at gmail.com if you want to reach out via email. Hope to hear from you soon. Check out the Wrestling Rewind here on Phoenix 92.5 FM every Tuesday at 8pm to 9pm. And of course, over on NerdToKnowMedia.com, the only wrestling podcast by wrestling fans who don't hate wrestling. We'll see you then. Hey Dara, what are you doing over there in Ireland? Like with the freaking leprechauns and everything. That's not cool, you should be over there with the God players. At least then you could like, I don't know, pretend like you got, I don't know, some kind of thing going on. Yeah, with that, you give me a Brooklyn way. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 